Welcome to the Root Cause Revolution podcast with functional and integrative nurse nutritionist and energy medicine practitioner, Audrey Christie. Hey friends, welcome to the final episode of 2023 of the Root Cause Revolution podcast. I know we have so many new listeners and um, it's been a while since we've released a new episode and that's primarily because we're so busy. We've been on a wait list. Uh, it's hard to get in for the next six to eight weeks. Uh, and um, all the while, uh, you know, because we, my family and office moved from North Texas to South Texas. So welcome. If this is your first time listening, I'll take a minute to introduce myself. I am Audrey. I'm a root cause clinician, naturopath. I specialize in helping women to stop masking symptoms and start healing uh, from the roots up. I work with people who have tried it all and still aren't at the level of health and wellness that they desire. We typically work together, you know, using a non-traditional approach, functional nutrition, wellness, energy medicine, naturopathy. So I really specialize in helping you start your own root cause revolution to rebalance your body so it can heal for good. So if you're done with band-aids, right, if you're done hiding the problem with band-aids and ready for real healing solutions, I'm here to help. So today we're talking about intermittent fasting. You know, it's not uncommon as uh, fall turns into winter and the holiday season comes. We're already looking forward to the magical month of January, where all of a sudden we'll have the motivation, inspiration, and self-discipline to work out and eat right and do all the right things. Guys, we know that's not true, right? <laughs> like, we know that's not true. Let's get started now. But it does nevertheless bring in all the questions on you know, what should I be doing for this and to lose weight and to do this and to balance my hormones and all of that. And so one thing that um, is still very popular and rightfully so, it's uh, an eating pattern that can benefit heart health, can reduce inflammation, can increase cellular repair processes and help burn fat. And that is intermittent fasting. The caveat is, is that intermittent fasting is not right for everyone. So we're going to talk about the benefits of intermittent fasting, how to do it safely and effectively, um, that works for most people. Uh, and then I'm also going to tell you how to figure out if intermittent fasting is something that is beneficial for you. So there are many, many, many types of intermittent fasting. Um, and then there's also like full fasting where you will completely fast for 24, 36, 48, 72 plus hours. Um, those types of extended fasts are best done under the supervision of a trained practitioner, uh, all the way up into some of them, you really need to go to like a health retreat or um, an almost an inpatient place to do that. And typically, we only need those bigger extended fasts for bigger diagnoses, right? So we might recommend an extended fast for a, a cancer diagnosis, for example, again, under, uh, you know, strict supervision. Um, but generally, um, they're not recommended routinely, uh, meaning, you know, monthly or weekly for just your average person or even your average person trying to lose weight or burn fat, um, or even further, women, because we have um, secular, secular, secular hormones that cycle. That's what I'm trying to say. There's a word with LR at the end of it that, that really encompasses that. But our hormones cycle on a much different um, schedule than male hormones. And so uh, it can be detrimental depending on what state your hormones are already in. And if you are overweight and or um, have some sort of chronic issue going on, then rest assured your hormones are um, out of whack in some form or fashion. 
Um, if you are insulin resistant, if you have a metabolic issue, which 80 plus percent of Americans do, then if you're metabolically unhealthy, then you have a hormone issue, right? So I'm not talking about those big, long fasts. Um, like I said, occasionally those can be recommended as, you know, very, very, very temporary occasional resets. What I'm talking about is more along the lines of intermittent fasting. So we're looking at things like 12-12, 16-8, even 5-2 type methods. Um, and there is a lot of um, really good studies out there. There's some bad ones too, but there's, there's a lot of evidence base for the benefits that fasting brings. One of those things is um, changes. Now this is for better or for worse, right? Changes in the function of hormone cells and genes. Um, So when you are fasting, when you're not eating, um, your body changes hormone levels to make stored body fuel, aka body fat, more accessible and starts important cellular processes, cellular repair processes. So um, first thing that tends to happen is that you're blood level of insulin drops, which helps to promote um, fat burning. Um, There are some other components to that. Um, Your HGH or human human growth hormone can increase and it can increase quite dramatically. And so when you have higher levels of HGH, this also promotes muscle gain, which has a secondary impact of promoting fat burning. There's also lots of other benefits to that. Um, Those cellular repair processes um, start removing waste from cells, cellular Um, physical repair. Um, And then you can have some gene expression. So thinking in terms of epigenetics, you can have beneficial changes um, that can occur with several genes and molecules related to longevity and the protection against um, disease. So what do we mean to get all these benefits? What do we mean by intermittent fasting when I say things like 16-8 or 12-12 or 5-2? A couple of things to think about when you are um, planning when you're going to eat during the day or when you are eating during the day. There are lots of people out there and I was one of them. Um, you know, many years ago I would just graze and graze and graze like at at my desk at work. Uh, the only time that I ever fasted was probably, uh, when I was in the operating room, scrubbed in surgery and absolutely, (laughs) you you know, obviously can't eat during surgery. And that surgery took six or eight hours, you know? (laughs) So, Uh, That was probably the only time I used to uh, spread my meals out. But um, it's important to give your digestive system a rest, right? To give your liver, your pancreas uh, a rest, um, to give your stomach and uh, all of your literal digestive tract organs a rest in between meals. So making sure that you're giving yourself anywhere between four at a minimum and six hours um, between meals during the day super beneficial. That's like a little baby fast that everybody should be doing regardless of your age or metabolic status, any of those kind of things. I'll say regardless. If you're a type one diabetic, you really should have six hours minimum between meals. Now that's kind of part one, right? What most people are looking at with a 16, eight fast or 12, 12 fast is that you have a feeding window of 12 hours and a fasting window of 12 hours. So your feeding window of 12 hours might be 7am to 7pm right? And then you don't have anything to eat after 7 p.m. all the way up until 7 a.m. the next day. That one is where the, that's the, the minimum, right? Everybody should be doing that. Everybody should be eating during the daylight hours and not eating during the nighttime hours. That's one of those evolutionary things that um, even though 
humans have developed rather rapidly as far as evolutionary, you know, things have gone, um, we still need to eat during daylight hours and sleep during dark hours. Okay. Now, the next thing to consider is um, 16-8. 16-8 is also really healthy for most humans. And that's where you just shorten that feeding window down to about eight hours. A couple things to think about. Um, in the field of naturopathy, we really try to do things that are ancestrally appropriate, that are nature appropriate, nature driven, that are also evidence-based and, and work. So what you might consider what I do during the fall and winter, when we have less than 12 hours of daylight, my feeding window is eight hours and my fasting window is 16 hours. So I, for example, will, uh, and this might shift a little bit here or there, but like if, if I was going to start my feeding window at 8 a.m., um, then I will start eating at 8 a.m. and I will stop eating by 5 p.m. in the winter Um, because it starts getting dark about 5.30 around here right now. And then my fasting window goes from 5.30 after that, only water, maybe some herbal tea, um, all the way until 8 a.m. the next morning. Uh, That is healthy for most adults, um, depending on where you are in your health journey. Um, If you are on a weight loss journey, that can be even more beneficial. Um, and then from there, you can shrink it down to six hours. Some people shrink it down to four hours. And some people on the one meal a day plan shrink it down to one um, meal. The one meal a day plan where you fast for 23 hours a day and eat for one hour a day um, is generally not going to be recommended because the volume that you have to eat to maintain your body's ability to function during that one hour, uh, it's really difficult for your body to process and utilize, say, 100 grams of protein in a a one-hour feeding sitting. So you cause some digestive distress. So I really reserve those more strict fasting opportunities for people who are much sicker or have um, really specific um, health issues. So along with the the benefit that, that we talked about, insulin level, human growth, growth hormone, cellular repair, gene expression, there's a lot of studies, um, including some rather large ones that show that um, intermittent fasting not only helps you to lose weight, but it also helps you to lose visceral fat. Visceral fat um, is the fat that is often hidden because it, you may not be, you may not appear outwardly overweight. You could still have a lot of visceral fat around your organs. Um, and so visceral fat is much, much worse for you than like thigh fat, right? Um, So visceral fat would be like around your liver and your intestines and your stomach and your heart. And um, intermittent fasting really helps you to reduce that that visceral fat in, in your body. Specifically, intermittent fasting is beautiful for insulin resistance, for type 2 diabetics. Um, it can be beneficial for people who have um, psoriasis, eczema, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, because it also helps to reduce oxidative stress and inflammation in your body. Um, so it gets rid of or processes through unstable mo- molecules, often called free radicals. Um, it helps them to um, import things such as protein and fat and repair them. Um, it's also really beneficial for heart health, depending on the cause of your heart health. So it can help with all those um, risk factors for heart disease, blood sugar levels, blood pressure, triglycerides, 
um, cholesterol, uh, oxidized cholesterol, all of those inflammatory markers. Um, and then, of course, it has big benefits for your brain. So if you are struggling with memory loss, with short-term memory loss, um, with, you know, uh, having trouble remembering why you walked in the room several times a day, <laughs> then uh, intermittent fasting as well as some other factors can really help you to um, grow new nerve cells, right? Have big benefits for brain function. So all of that to to say who should be intermittent fasting and who shouldn't. Uh, I, the question that kind of sparked this episode or one of the many questions that sparked this episode was, um, you know, I, somebody wrote in or was in the, the women's wellness circle, which are free to join. I'd love to have you um, in one of our Friday Q and A's. And they had asked, should I intermittent fast or should I have 30 grams of protein first thing in the morning? Right. You tell me to have protein and fat before I have my coffee. Well, I want to have my coffee first thing, but I also want to fast. So, you know, which one is the right answer? And um, even though each case can be really uh, definitive and individual, there are some general guidelines that might be able to point you in the right direction so that you can, you know, continue to revolutionize your health. Um, and what I, there, there's really three options. First option is a continuous glucose monitor, very much the most expensive option. Um, continuous glucose monitors are, can be very beneficial. Although I think all of the hype around them is a little bit misplaced because we don't want to, you know, everyone says, well, you know, I'm going to get this continuous glucose monitor and then I'm going to eat things and I'm going to see which ones spike my, my blood glucose, which is great. Spiking your blood glucose is what's supposed to happen if you eat something. Um, it demonstrates metabolic flexibility. And so, which is what we want, right? Um, so a continuous glucose monitor uh, is only helpful if you really know what to do with the data. But you can extrapolate that data and use that to determine if you are metabolically sound enough in order to do intermittent fasting, or if you are metabolically unsound enough, um, where metabolic fasting is really something you need to do, um, or if you fall into that category of people who probably shouldn't fast more than 12 hours a night. Now, that's probably the most expensive option. And if you want referrals for that, absolutely reach out, let me know, and I can point you in the right direction. Now, the second way to do it is way less expensive, probably costs about 30 bucks. Um, but you're going to have to commit to testing your blood sugar multiple times a day. Uh, in fact, three times every time you eat. So you would, or every time you even think about eating Truthfully, you would test your glucose, your, you'd do a finger stick blood glucose and test yourself 30 minutes before you eat, right after you eat, and then 45 minutes to an hour after you eat. Um, and what you're testing, same thing the blood glucose is testing, is you're testing your body's not just response to a food, right? Your insulin spike, uh, or excuse me, your blood glucose spike, but you're also testing how fast it returns to baseline, how fast it returns to normal. That's the important part. Um, and then you can take that data and determine if intermittent fasting is right for you. And then lastly, the very last way and my favorite way and the way that I think you should do it is to have your hemoglobin A1C checked by your PCP. That's also something that if we work together, um, I can order for you. They're very inexpensive. Um, but we would use that as a tool to determine if intermittent fasting is right for you. So if you have a hemoglobin A1C, know that that's looking at your insulin, sort of your insulin sensitivity, your blood glucose levels, for a zoomed out close to three months, right? The past three, three to four months. And so 
when we look at it from a level like that, number one, we're getting a much clearer picture than wearing a continuous glucose monitor for two weeks or sticking our finger a bunch of times for what you should do two weeks, but most people give up after five or six days. Um, but if you have that hemoglobin A1C level, then you can check. If it is 5.1 or below, then and you're a woman, then you fall into the category of needing to have 30 grams of protein first thing in the morning, right when you get up, right? You shouldn't be fasting any longer than 12 hours. Um, an occasional 16-hour fast isn't going to hurt you, but your routine should be 12 hours. If your hemoglobin A1C is above 5.1, so 5.12 or 5.11 or 5.2 all the way up, then you fall into the category that must intermittent fast. 16.8 at a minimum. We might have to to move it down even lower than that. I had a client the other day that was 8.5. Hemoglobin A1C was 8.5. And so my recommendation for them was a six-hour feeding window. Eat at the beginning of the window, at the end of the window, nothing else to eat for the remaining 18 hours of the day. And then we made some really specific recommendations on, uh, you know, what those meals should and should not consist of. So all of that to say, hemoglobin A1C is going to be one of your best markers to determine if intermittent fasting is right for you. If you're intermittent fasting and it's not right for you, then it really doesn't have a negative impact necessarily on your metabolic health, on your weight, anything like that. What it has is a negative impact on your hormones, right? So progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone, all of which are very important for you to be happy and healthy and balanced. So hopefully you found this episode helpful. Definitely check out the links in the show notes. You'll find links to the free private Facebook group, the Women's Wellness Circle. Uh, We have a live office hours Q&A every Friday. You'll also find how to connect with me on social media and or how to make an appointment if I can help you with your 2024 goals. So I will see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Root Cause Revolution podcast. Be sure and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated.